Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny and Fallon, because today is a Last of Us day. We're talking about episode eight, which I also like to call the, the Creepy Preacher episode. <laughs> My personal <laughs> title for this episode. I actually don't know what the title is. Oh, I actually don't know either. In the little like post scene, they called it the cold episode. So now that's what it's that's not that's what it is in my head now. <laughs> yeah, I was just calling it creepy preacher. Either work. Yeah. Who cares what the official name is? That is I guess I mean we're diving right in. My official take was I hated this episode. Not in like I hate I hated this episode kind of way, but like oh I man, almost I- screamed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like not- wow. <laughs> Found it ready no, no. to fight, claws out. Yeah. How do I say I hated this in like a good way? Like I, I thought the episode was really good, but also I am not built for this. Okay. Knowing you, I know exactly what you mean. And I will say I felt similarly, like the tension in my body was making me unwell. I was not well. Heart palpitations. A lot of them just like clenched muscles. (laughs) This is why we can't play the video game in case that was not clear before. This is like, we would make it two seconds. Yeah. Would not fare well. I don't know if you have any other my my initial thoughts just because generally, you know, we like to give our blanket thoughts of the episode, but th- those are mine. Just like yikes and creepy and wow. Uh <laughs> but if you have more than just one word Did you like it? Can you give like a I liked it or not from a oh, story standpoint? I liked it a lot. I kept thinking how I mean, we've seen this a couple of different ways. Um, back in Kansas City slash Pittsburgh, whatever we want to call it. But this pandemic, the 20 years, has sort of created a vacuum for all the oily filth of the world to make their way to the top and just like take over in so many ways. Uh, And it's just crazy how many different fonts a like creepy evil person can take. (laughs) So, okay, yeah, overall, liked this episode, thought it was really interesting. I did, it did make me think a lot about what, uh, about the concept we talked about earlier, which is there are no good guys or bad guys. And I would like to take a firm stance and say, this guy's a bad guy. <laughs> Creepy preachers, not chill. Yes. Anyway, over to you, <laughs> Jess. Okay. I loved this episode, but also felt scared of it. And was I, at multiple times in the episode, I was thinking, this is exactly what I was worried this show would be in terms of like, I'm not going to make it through this show if it's all scary, scary violence. <laughs> like, I just will simply not survive. And this the, it being an hour long and having a lot of violence and, like, fighting was a lot for me. But it was cool to watch because of how much of it was, like, Ellie surviving and not, like, waiting to be saved. And I think I just thought that was so cool that I was, like, I was pushing myself through because I was also really, really enjoying it, uh, even though it was scary. And then the end scene was so emotionally, like, heartbreaking and beautiful. I already want to go back and rewatch this episode, even though it will be painful for me to do so. Like, I just think this episode was so good. This might be my second favorite episode if I was ranking them. See, the only so reason I can't say that is because I don't know if I could watch it again. <laughs> I just, like, don't know. I know. Like, it'll be tough. But... It's okay, baby girl, which a sentence I normally wouldn't like, but that scene choked me up real good. I am <laughs> like, I just immediately started crying. So good. So good. Okay. But yeah, that'll be my overview thoughts. I have more thoughts. We will say them later, but Fallon, give us your overview feelings. 
Yeah. So um, just right off the bat, hot take. Uh, this is like low on the totem pole for me for episodes. However, I will say that I feel that way about this sequence in the game also. The David stuff is always the part in the game. Again, I played the game like six times and it's always the part of the game where I'm like, okay, it's David. Like we're slogging through the cannibal guy. Like I I just, it doesn't do it for me the same way that some of the other content does where we get more of the characters and like the human development Uh, in the game. This is much more action heavy. And I think this episode was much more action heavy as well. But in terms of an adaptation, it was incredibly well done. Um, I was really impressed with the sets in this episode. They looked exactly the same as like the ski lodge area of the game. Same thing with uh, the burning sequence where she actually ends up killing David. All of that stuff looked exactly the same. So in terms of how it looked, it was great. The acting was spectacular. Uh, The actor who I'm not exactly sure who plays David, I thought he did a great job. Uh, and it was cool to get more background on David as well. In the game, we don't ever get to see his town or his people or any of that. Um, we first see him when Ellie kills the deer and they have that interaction. And we never actually like go back into his town or learn much about him. So all of that was really cool. I also agree that seeing Ellie on her own and surviving on her own and being able to do all of that without Joel is really important. Like, I guess... I recognize how important this part is. It just doesn't do it for me in the same way that other sequences and other storylines for The Last of Us do. So it's just one of those episodes where I was like, all right, we're going to get through this one. Um, But again, also, I think when you know what's coming, it does take a little bit of that excitement out of it, right? Like, I know exactly how this is going to play out. So I was like, all right, you know. Um, But all of this leads to the baby girl moment that you guys mentioned. And that moment was super well done. It's very important. It's the first time he says that. That's what he used to call Sarah, right? So like, it's this really, really big moment that this episode needs to lead to. So I was happy with that. But like, overall, I was kind of like you guys were saying last week, I'm, uh, you know, I could take it or leave it. (laughs) It's interesting that you said like the importance of Ellie, of seeing Ellie do all these things by herself sort of feels like a necessity because of what was missing from last week's episode that you mentioned. Like there are supposedly supposed to be more, there was supposed to be more of that in previous episode, previous scenes. This is also the first time in the game where you get to play as Ellie. So it shifts the character perspective, which is cool. So the last of us, basically you start as Sarah very briefly, Sarah dies, you switch to Joel, you play as Joel for 80% of the game. And then this little 10% section, you get to play as Ellie as she goes through the experience of meeting David. Uh, There's a whole sequence where David and Ellie actually run into a bunch of infected and they have to fight them together. Um, So you play as her throughout all of that. And it's really interesting because Joel plays much stockier and heavier and his running is heavier and he's just like a more intense um, play style. As Ellie, everything is a lot lighter. It's almost harder. You have to be really careful. You can't like go up and try to punch an infected in the face. You have to sneak around them and try to kill them from behind because she's so much more fragile. So it is cool the way they do the play style in the game because it makes Joel and Ellie feel very unique as characters in the way that they play. Um, And it's the first time we get like Ellie's point of view from a game perspective. So it is important for that reason. For a second, while you were saying that, I was like, didn't you say you get to play as Ellie in the mall sequence? But then I remembered you mentioned that comes later. That's not in the original like order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. 
Um, well, you mentioned um, the the fire scene being like really close to. I mean, we can come back to that. I don't mean to jump all the way to the end of the episode, but I did have a note in my um, in my phone that just said like, "Wow, the haze of the like smoke and fire around her." Just all of that visual was really great, and also I was wondering if that was taken directly from the, the video game. So I guess I guess that checks out. Yeah, it does. It's also the most difficult sequence, in my opinion, of the entire game uh, because, again, with the sneak element, like with Joel, you can just run up and kill people. Like he's strong that way in the game. With Ellie, you can't do that. So that entire sequence where she's in the restaurant and it's burning and David is like giving this whole speech about like, you don't know me, you don't know what I'm capable of, like all those things he's saying, you're Ellie and you're creeping around and there's glass on the floor. And if you walk over the glass, he alerts to the glass and will like turn around and come after you. And so this whole sequence of that game is grueling and long because you just die over and over and over again because it's so hard to sneak around him. And you have to sneak around three times. And on the third time is when she finally gets him to the ground and they have like the final brawl. Um, but it's for all the gamers that have played that sequence, it's like, oh, it almost ruined watching it for me because I was like, oh my God, I remember this part. It's so annoying. <laughs> um, but it was cool the way they they kept to that. Like they kind of kept the same feeling in that scene as you have in the game. I do feel like what you said earlier makes a lot of sense that you don't like it as much because you knew what was coming. Like, I think I liked this episode so much because I kept, like I like gasped and said, oh my God, like I was watching it by myself. I had a lot of reactions. <laughs> like just Everything was surprising me in this episode, starting from like when you realize David has like a little bit of crazy to him, like in their like first conversation when he like says that he knows who she is. Basically, the little story he gives her about like, you know, knowing that they were looking for a man and, and a girl who's with him. And like from that point on, I like I didn't touch my phone. I like didn't. I was just glued to the screen, like freaking out. Every five minutes there was something. So that makes sense that maybe you didn't like it as much. Because I'm like still, I mean, I finished it like an hour ago. I'm like still like jittery from the like surprises and intensity of it. But yeah, do we want to flip back to the beginning of the episode and sort of like go through different moments? I My first note that I wrote down was when Ellie is talking to David once they get back into like his cabin or whatever it is. And he right off the bat gave me like cult leader vibes. Like I wrote down, I do not trust this man. He is a cult leader. And I, I think that's probably also because he was like, yeah, like the religious aspect played into I, that, I'm sure. I, I, I wrote down something similar. I wrote down, what a smarmy fucker. So nice. <laughs> Same <Eloquent>. thing. <laughs> yeah, something was off. I will say I did not get crazy like serial killer rapist vibes right off the bat definitely just thought it was more like i mean a lot of i guess cult leaders end up being a little evil in some way or another but i did not have that on my bingo card yeah and in the game too when uh, you first meet david it's like i was arguing with matt about this earlier because i said i didn't get like rapist vibes really in the game and Matt was like, oh, I did, definitely. And I was like, I don't know. So I went back and rewatched it and was like, okay, he touches her hand at one point, so sure. But other than that, David does not come across this awful. Like, he comes across not great, don't get me wrong. But the show took him to a much darker place. Um, and I think they did that because of how brutal it was going to get, that you really have to hate this guy and hate him quickly. Uh, in the game, you don't like him, but it certainly wasn't like, I mean, when he 
we'll get there, I guess. But when he backhands that kid, I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, I want this guy to die like right now. <laughs> so that's not in the game, like him like slapping the kid? No, because we don't get any background about his group. All we get is him saying that he has a group. And then oh. the only religious connotation we get for him at all is when Ellie and him have that final fight in the restaurant, there's like a sign in the back and it's the same sign that's up when he's giving his sermon the one that has like the Bible quote on it, that is the only inclination that we get that he's even religious. So this was kind of taking those details and just like piling on, which is what the show's been been doing the whole season. Uh, So it was like, okay, yeah, he's crazy. What about the scene with her in the like cage? Was that at all part of the game? Yes, that's like verbatim the same dialogue and everything. That's actually- Because that is when I got Predator vibes. I think that was rapey. Yeah, when he was when he starts talking about sort of like I've been waiting for an equal, my yeah. initial reaction he was wants to make her his little little bride. 40. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, some of that dialogue is a little different. They added a few things. They added the line where he says, "You have violence in you." That's not in the game, and then they added a lot of the additional kind of like yeah, child bride stuff. A lot of what he says is like you're loyal, you're smart, you're a natural leader, like all of that stuff is said in the game. But again, it's just like, and maybe I just, I don't know, in the game, I wasn't picking up on it. And he does touch her hand in a weird way, like, don't get me wrong. But it just wasn't until I saw him with the other kids in the environment he'd created. That's when I was like, oh, this guy is like a religious psychopath. We don't get all that context in the game. So it was harder for me to connect those dots. Yeah, that makes sense. I liked the even just like more subtle details that they added to make him seem like a creep uh, or like a cult leader, whatever it is, like even just the, his plate being like more full, like he's created this environment where like he is the leader, but he's also like not their equal. And he like feels like he's better than them. And they don't like say anything about it. They just like put a plate down that has more food on it. I thought that was like a very subtle, honestly, not very subtle, but just like a nice detail that was added. Yeah, I, I wrote down him getting so much more food is a sure way to have people mutiny. <laughs> I was like, why is no one mutiny? <laughs> but also that's how, you know, he's like created a culture of fear. So like, I don't know. It's just like a very well done detail. Yeah. That following his immediately like backhanding a child and then essentially being like, forget your dead dad. I'm your dad yeah. now. <laughs> Oh, I wrote that line down because I hated it so much. He said, you will always have a father and you will show him respect when he's speaking. My jaw literally Ugh. like dropped at that line because I was like, oh man, this is the real deal. In terms and then he of sits down at psycho. her table to like eat at her. Ugh, totally the grossest thing yeah. I've ever seen. I almost feel like a masterclass in creating an evil villain in a short amount of time. And he's eating Yeah, I mean, as, as so much like- as... <laughs> As much as The Last yeah. of Us can make you love someone in a short time, apparently they can also really make you hate someone in a short time. So whatever it is about the writing, they can they can really mess with your emotions quickly. <laughs> it is interesting to think that they did that maybe because of so what you're what you were saying earlier, like Ellie killing David really like gruesomely and dramatically and and like more than she needs to, like really aggressively, is that the same in the game? Yes, it's exactly the same. Um, Yeah, even the way they shot it was like exactly the same. Um, You know, she sees the hatchet underneath, she goes and grabs it and then hits him once and then just like, it's like the the camera view right in her face as the blood is like splattering up. So yeah, I mean, just as intense. 
The only difference is that Joel stops her in that actual moment. So he comes up behind her in the burning building and it, and is like, Ellie, stop, and pulls her off. And then she turns around disoriented and is like, oh my God, you know, and then she realizes it's Joel and they have that exact same interaction. And again, Matt and I were arguing earlier about which version is better. I originally was like, well, I don't think it matters that much. And then I went back and watched the game version and I was like, oh, I kind of do think it matters because for Joel to watch Ellie do that and see how brutal she can get, I think that has a big impact on his view of her and like on seeing what she's capable of and also wanting to physically stop her from doing something so terrible. The fact that it happened after she'd already walked out of the building, I was like, well, that's an interesting choice. And it kind of changes that moment a little bit. Yeah, that actually feels very different. It, it, like, as soon as you said that, I was like, wait, really? That Like, why would they change that? And so what is the, like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess we can't know for sure why they changed that, but it seems like I like I, I like that better, I think, the game version. For me, it sort of seems like maybe this is not a good reason just based on the rest of the TV show, but it seems slightly more likely that they would run into each other outside the burning building than that Joel would find her in the burning building as it's happening. That's just pretty happenstance. Like logical. Just, yeah, but like I said, the re- it's not like The Last of Us has been super keen on making yeah, sure everything makes sense. Yeah, he pulled a nice exactly. out of his gut two episodes right. ago, so I'm not really yeah, staking exactly. on that. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder, it seems like they tried really hard in this episode to establish that she is violent inside, which I actually do want to talk about because I didn't think that's where they were going with her character, admittedly. Like, I, maybe I've not been picking up on signs, but I thought it was like she's violent for for the people she loves similar to joel i guess in that you know she wants to protect others and she cares about the people she cares about but i feel like this was just trying to tell us like she loves to kill people like that's what i got from this episode oh man yeah see this goes back do you guys remember when we first talked about my concerns about ellie and i was like what are your feelings about ellie and you know i was like people are saying serial killer vibes people are saying this and that and you guys were like no 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 I'm not really getting that. And I was like, okay, good. Well, this is the part where they're doubling down on it. And I'm like, this is what I'm worried about because here's what they're doing. I can just tell you what they're doing. I won't spoil anything for where things are going. But if you guys watched Game of Thrones, everybody knows that everyone hated the ending of Game of Thrones for many reasons. But one of the big ones, and it was for me as well, was that by the time Danny was burning down the whole town, I was like, what? Like, this isn't Daenerys. This isn't how she operates. This isn't who she is. And they made the mistake of not building up to that place. Well, Ellie does some things later on that are violent. And I think they're, Neil Druckmann is worried because the way people reacted to game two was not good. And I think Neil's like, okay, I need to really prepare people for what I'm going to have this character do in order to not run into that issue. And I don't love that. I'm like, that's not what we're here to do. Like, I don't think that's necessary. And I think they're doubling down on it too hard so that people like you guys are like, okay, well, I guess I'm supposed to be bought into the fact that Ellie has like these vicious sort of connotations. Like, I I don't know. I I just think it's a weird choice and I don't think it's necessary. I feel like I need to jump in and say, I don't, I did not have the same reaction. I did not think like, oh, wow, Ellie really is violent. I had the reaction. Here's an, uh, 
man who does have violence inside him who is trying to manipulate a young girl that he's seen is capable of protecting herself and is a danger to him because she won't she she's not gullible like she held them at gunpoint earlier in the episode i sort of thought saw it as he's trying to say things to make her feel unsettled or or like dig into parts of herself that i'm guessing during the pandemic a lot of people i keep saying the pandemic i'm guessing during yeah these times uh people had to do a lot of things that they weren't proud of and that can eat away at you like ptsd is a thing and so i sort of saw it as that like everyone that kept saying she was by i think it was just those two people the creepy preacher and then maybe his hench dude whatever um but i more so saw that as they're trying to get to her uh and I, I don't have a different opinion of how violent Ellie can be. I'm doing air quotes for those for those who are not you two who can't see. Um, how violent Ellie is, it sort of seems level to me. Like she's willing to do violent things to survive. And maybe she's still a kid, so she doesn't have... She's, she acts brashly sometimes. But um, yeah, I mean, they did a good job in this episode, like you both were saying, of making this guy so hateable that I did not see her killing him as an overreaction as like a, she's a violent girl kind of thing. I wouldn't say like that alone made me think I still don't think she is a violent person. I think maybe what I'm trying to say is it feels like the show is trying to tell me that she is. I don't think her attacking that guy. I mean, there was a part of me that was like, this is a lot of stabbing potentially more than I would stab. But like, how would you know, (laughs) unless you were in that scenario? I mean, I I mean, I thought about it. I don't know the answer. I would definitely want him dead. <laughs> I would I would do a couple stabs. Would want to be sure. <laughs> Just a couple, though, I think. But anyways, you, you can't know until you're in that scenario. So I was like, I'm not judging. But I think the episode, I don't know, the way they the way they did the episode, plus the little, like, there was this little, there's always a little interview at the end with Mason and Druckmann and some of the cast where they talk for, like, three minutes at the end of every HBO show or episode. They do this. And I think it was... Mason maybe says something it was one of them says something about that line and like they added it the line that David says that you have a violent heart and they sort of implied at least what I got from it was that they added that because she does and they're like bringing this to the surface via David and I was like oh I find it really weird that Druckmann and Mason are trying to tell me that she's violent deep down because I don't get that and I haven't gotten that yet. So like this feels forced. Fallon, oh, did you watch the little clip at the end? Yes. I'm talking about? And, yeah. And I'm uh, nodding ferociously at everything you're saying because that, and maybe Jenny has the right model here, which is like, don't watch the trailers. <laughs> she doesn't don't watch, watch the internet. Never watch because, the, <laughs> don't watch any which extras. Is so, but that's what's so interesting, right? Is that it is the difference of how we're viewing this and Jenny's view of it is what I would argue is the cor- correct view of Ellie. And yet I think based on the interviews there, they keep telling us, this isn't the first time they've said it either in the very first, uh, or yeah, was it the first or second episode when um, she sees Joel kill that guard right in front of her i think it's the first one um and she's like looking on and in has this kind of fascinated face and at first i was like well i don't know what to think about this then i watched the interview and craig mazin was like we wanted to make sure that we showed ellie looking on in fascination of this violence and so i'm like 
what are we doing here? Like, why are we, why are we highlighting that so much? And so maybe it's going to work out in the end anyway, because if you don't listen to what they're saying, like perhaps it comes across the way that Jenny is saying it does. But I still feel like that added line, that's not, again, not in the game, right? I don't know why it's necessary. Why is it necessary to point out her violence? And also what has she done so far that would make David even think she's violent? Because everything she's done thus far is just out of protecting herself. So it's not like he saw her brutally murder somebody. (laughs) Yeah, it it seems as though if they wanted that to come across, they didn't have to make the preacher such a creep. Right. They could have just had her kill him brutally. We would have gotten more of that. Yeah, because I, like you said, like without having watched any of the um, interviews or the, the final, the commentary afterwards, definitely did not, was not getting that. Yeah, and for me, the game version and the show version are the same. Like, the way I view that hatcheting the guy to death scene, I view that as so much pent-up rage and terror and sadness and everything else we've seen her go through, especially now that we have the context of Left Behind and what happened to Riley. Like, she's just losing it. And she happens to take all of that out on this person that did something horrible to her. Well, I think that's a pretty fairly normal human reaction, but it doesn't like I would probably react that way. I don't think I have a violent heart, (laughs) you know, it does seem weird that they it seems like they went out of their way to be like Ellie is reacting because of like the trauma of everything by putting that episode right before this one and by making this guy so abhorrent. So then for them to be like, oh, yeah, also she's violent deep down (laughs) just seems wrong. Like, I don't want to tell the writers that they're wrong, but I'm confused. This is why I, like, definitely respect. I like listening to the the commentary and stuff, but after I've finished a thing, because I always feel like I won't, I'm so much less likely to care about what they're saying or, like, like what what an artist is saying while I'm in the middle of trying to determine what I think they're saying, if that makes any sense. Am I just yeah? No, because I, I, I have the same sort of thing. Like I like to avoid these things too, but I keep thinking like, oh, I'll watch this in case they like add context to something that I didn't know before, and that has yeah. happened. So I'm I'm not like against watching these. It's this is the first time that I've been like straight up. What are you talking about? That has to be wrong. I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> yeah, and because there's so many different ways to have this particular viewing experience. It's fascinating to me. Like everyone's doing this differently. I have two friends that are playing the game right now and they're playing the sections that lead up to the most, the the current episode that's about to air so that they can compare the differences. Some people want to wait till the show's over and then play the game. Some people will never play the game. So really it's interesting because this is a piece of art that is going to be interpreted like 20 different ways, depending upon how you choose to ingest it. And I don't know if that's going to be an easy thing for them to overcome or not, because if you're trying to tell one succinct story and you've got all these different ways people view it, it could get kind of complicated, especially as the story grows and becomes something bigger than it currently is. Yeah, I guess at a certain point, they just have to like make it for one audience. I mean, maybe that's the right way to put that. Wrong way to put that. I think as long as they have one audience in mind, at least it will be a cohesive story like I think the problem with adaptations is when they start to make it for too many audiences because then it starts Mm -hmm. stops making sense so I guess if in this version it is maybe the characters are a little different then like that 
hopefully is just the way it is. And at least it will be consistent, hopefully, I guess. I just finished Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, the book about games. And I feel like the um, thing that they kept coming back to the, I don't know, there were a lot of things (laughs) that they hammered home in that book. But one of the takeaways was game makers are always, you you should be imagining the player while making a game, which I feel like is the exact thing that you're saying, Jess, like you hope that they have an audience in mind for who they're making it. And I, if they're doing it, anything like game creation, yeah, you'd hope that they're, I mean, I, I kind of thought that maybe they were making it for themselves as people who loved the game and wanted to see it created, like what the, the version of it that they would want to see. Um, but now I think I'm going to have to go back and listen to our other podcast. Cause I don't remember, I feel like we've had discussions of, certain episodes have been for game players and certain episodes have been for people who are just like totally new to the world. So that, that does seem like a little off. They're kind of switching back and forth. I don't know. I think, and I'll be interested to hear Fallon's take, but I think the way that I've been interpreting it, having not played the game, that it's not for the game fans uniquely, that it's for, it's for a new audience but that it pays homage in the necessary ways to the game fans so as not to piss people off. That's what I thought we were watching. So if they are making changes to scenes or Ellie's character or whatever it is, that's fine. And it's easy for me to say that. um, I haven't played the game. But it's fine as long as it makes sense in this world and is consistent with what has come before. And I'm sorry, but if they're just trying to tell us she's violent all of a sudden, that is not what I've seen for seven episodes. So that's what doesn't make sense to me. And so if it is like, well, she gets violent later and they want to make that clear or built, like put the seeds down to make that make sense when it happens, like, okay, but I don't know what happens later and I shouldn't be so confused about what they just said. But again, it was just an interview, I guess at the end that really made me feel this way. So it might not be as big of a deal as I am saying it. Yeah, like one of the things that Craig has said is that the unique thing about being able to make the show now is that when the game was made in 2013, they genuinely did not know if there would be a second game. So we got the ending we got, and then it was like, okay, not sure if there's going to be more. And so when the second game was made, it's like Neil couldn't go back and change things about game one in order to correct some of the context of what he decided to do in game two. And then what Craig said was, oh, well, the show has the unique opportunity in that we know where the story goes. So if there's things that we want to change about the first one in order to make things more cohesive in the second one, we have the opportunity to do that, which, okay, cool. I'm fine with that but not necessarily if it sacrifices the integrity of who the characters are. That's the part where I'm like, I'm not interested in that. I would rather you tell me the story you already told me and convince me in a different way, which again, it worked for me. Game two works for me. It doesn't work for everybody. Um, So I'm just, it's going to be interesting to see how they play this violence thing as we continue on. And I'm hoping like, again, if I view it the way Jenny views it, it's correct. That's, that's in my mind, the correct viewing of this in that the story is still being told the same way. It's just those interviews that are making me like, what are we doing here? Like, uh, you're scaring me. Maybe I just need to stop watching them. I don't know. Um, but I think so far the show really has catered to both 
a new audience and the previous audience in a, in a good way. And if they can continue to do that, then I think it's going to be a success. I will just have to wait to see the second <laughs> thing then, I guess. But this might be a dumb question. Is The Last of Us 2, is that going to be the second season? Do we, like, do we yeah. know that? It is. Yes, they have heard... already promised that they will not adapt past anything that is not already in source material. So they're not going to do a Game of Thrones and like keep going. So I think I think game two, though, will be two seasons. There's no way to put it all in one. I heard that for, I heard that on a different podcast as well, that they were thinking of yeah. splitting it into two. OK, do you think this season or do you know, does this season end at the end of game one? Yes, I know already that the ending is exactly the same. Okay. Okay, cool. That makes me feel better. I was worried not knowing that watching this, that episode nine, that the next episode, the finale was like not going to have like enough of an ending. Yeah. And a resolution. That I was well. a little afraid. <laughs> oh, apparently it doesn't. <laughs> no comment. It's okay. an ending, but uh, okay. you'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it's not always a bad thing, but like, and honestly, I think streaming TV has made me less tolerant of cliffhangers in between seasons which is so stupid they used to all have cliffhangers between seasons but the world of streaming has sort of changed that and that could be a whole i mean the good news is that you guys already know you're getting a season two we had to wait seven years Mm. seven years (laughs) for a (laughs) follow-up game and it was like three to three years before we even heard that they were working on a second one so like at least whatever ending you get you'd be like oh well there's more so yeah, that's that's pretty tragic to not think that you're ever going to get a, a resolution or some sort of conclusion. So we'll we'll see next week how I feel about that. I am I'm excited. Um, but I want to if we can flip back. Sorry, Jenny, say what you were going to say. No, I, mine was stupid. I was. I'll be honest. I when I started watching this episode, I thought it was episode nine, and so when I it was, I knew episode- you were going to be an episode <laughs> off. That's why when we joined, I was like, "This is episode eight, Just so you know. Oh my no, gosh, I figured it out funny. when I started, but when I did turn it on and it said episode eight, I was a little confused because I thought we had already done that. But yeah, I was ready for the finale and instead I got a horror show. <laughs> Amazing. I I want to flip back and talk about David a little bit more because I did not know that he was a cannibal when Ellie said, are you going to like chop me up and eat me? I was like, I'm sorry, what did I miss? Were we supposed Wait, to know what? that? Oh, what the ear. The ear. The ear on the ground. She saw a human ear on the ground. So she knew that they were eating people because of that? Well, it was like a chopping block, essentially, and then an ear on the ground. So I think she put two and two together that they were oh. chopping people up. That, I just was – I just saw an ear and I said, okay, an ear. I was I was so confused. Wait, question. You didn't know that they were eating people – before then or you didn't think Ellie would know that they were eating people before I then? did not know that they were eating people until Ellie said like are you gonna eat me I literally was like what does she mean why would they <laughs> eat her like <laughs> very huh? early on in the episode when the guy comes in with meat and hands it to the lady and she's like what is this and he gives her like a look and he, he says, says venison. venison oh yeah he's lying <laughs> how did you know that that's why interesting did, why though did you think Jenny people- that's so that's interesting that you knew that because I, again, I knew they're cannibals, but when I watched that scene, it, I thought to myself, if I didn't already know what was coming, I would not know that they were eating the guy that died. I would not have known that. So that's interesting you picked that up. I, 
the, the like creepy music was playing and wow. they hadn't yet brought the deer back. And there was that whole like cryptic conversation between David and his hench guy that he was like, you have to be behind me. I know things have been hard. And so I was like a little bit going back and forth, like maybe it's not, maybe they're just trying to make us creeped out. Maybe it's not actually human meat. But then when the guy came in and said it's venison and had just this like knowing look on his face uh, and some, some other thing to, oh yeah. And then they brought the deer in after they had served everyone. I mean, it makes sense when you say it like that. I'm just never ready for the twist to be cannibalism. Like that is never so – I'm never like, ooh, but maybe they're not eating venison. Like what if? No, I really want to give Jenny credit here because that's having to put together a lot of pieces. (laughs) I'm serious. Like I I think I'm just suspicious of everything. This is like her MO. She always figures shit out because she's just like looking at everything like with a side (laughs) eye. And I'm just watching. I'm literally just watching. Like you could show me anything and a a twist will come. All all the clues could have been there and i will be like excuse me so i'm very impressed by jenny ways. i find it hilarious that you did not figure it out by the time you saw an ear two different though. that's incredible sides of the coin i guess we're, yeah, very we're really different sides of the spectrum mm, I'm, a, I'm embarrassed i might leave all of that out of the recording I just no. <laughs> no. okay well it makes sense that you guys figured that out before then i i, I knew i missed something which is not weird for me so I just was sort of like, oh, I guess I missed something because there's no way that the reveal would have been her just like randomly being like, oh, you're eating people. I was like, well, that was too sudden. I certainly missed something. <laughs> to be fair, I did think the way that they had played it or maybe the way that my weird brain <laughs> decided to interpret it was I still couldn't decide. He definitely, David had creepy vibes, but I couldn't tell for a while, for maybe 20 to 30 minutes, if it really was just like a, hey, this is kind of a weird thing. They've started to eat people, but it's only because they have like no other options. And also this is the first time maybe it's happened or whatever the thing, when the, the girl's um, dad died, I was like, maybe they saw this as a bounty of some kind like sort of everything happens for a reason kind of thing and so I wasn't completely sold that it was creepy cannibalism although that does seem like it all cannibalism is a little bit inherently creepy but I was I was torn as to whether or not it was going to be you know and he I don't know by the end you're sort of like he's been planning this all along or something well, like showed, seemed- I think when they showed all the bodies the point was like Ugh. this is something they've been doing for a while I will say yes. I did not need to see that no, that was that not was a lot. Great for me. In your defense, in Jess, in the game, it's a lot more on the nose because Ellie gets knocked out and then put in the cage. And then when she wakes up, the first thing she sees is a guy literally chopping a dead person's arm off. Like he's like in the process of having a full torso that he's like dismembering. And so it's much Ew. more on the nose. The show was like, let's be a little more subtle and show an ear. Um, so it is much darker <laughs> in the game. Okay. Whoa. I'm going to have to rewatch it because, yeah, I was just clearly not paying attention. I, but also, I just yeah, – I don't know. I just let things happen. But, yeah, I did not love the bodies <laughs> hanging. That was gross. In general, the, like, violence of this episode was a lot. Like, I was, like, holding my face just the whole time. But <laughs> I was pacing. We could – well, do you guys have more notes before we get to the end scene where Joel and Ellie reunite? My only note is really close to the end scene, which is I was 
confused as to where the rest of the village was and like resort when Ellie and David were having their final showdown. And then when Joel and Ellie started to walk away, I, I was sure someone was going to start shooting at them or follow them or something. And I was relieved when they did. Oh yeah. Where were the people? I don't know. That was my question. <laughs> but I did get, I got the vibe that like everyone else that wasn't out in that little like group that went looking for Ellie, it was like subservient, like women and children based on the first shot, like in the cafeteria or whatever. Like, I think all the people that like could hunt or could fight, like were in his little gag. I mean, that's yeah, also that's like fair. a simplification that made it easy to tell that story. So like, would that actually be the way it worked in real life? Who knows? But I think that's what they were like trying to imply. Yeah, that makes sense. Like pe- anyone who's who could see them is too afraid or doesn't want to get caught in any sort of crossfire. And so it's just staying put. Yeah, they yeah. just um, kind of swept swept those people under the rug. I only have two other things I wanted to mention. One is a shout out to my boy, Troy Baker, who is the original Joel, who played James in this episode. So as you two have referred to as the henchman. Um, that is the OG Joel. Oh, uh, wow. He was so good. Yeah. I really liked him. Yeah, he was good. I was happy for him. I mean, he's primarily, his work has been in games. Now he's he's voiced and acted as some of the biggest video game characters in history. So he's a big deal in the game world. But this was one of his first actual like television roles. And so I was like, ooh, how's it going to translate? And I thought he did a really good job. But I have to tell you, it was so weird to like watch Ellie hatchet the original Joel to death. Like I was like, (laughs) what? Like it was very distracting. And also when he first started talking, he, he puts on a different voice when he does Joel. It's like a much lower like Texan voice there were little bits of it that I could hear in his voice when he started talking and it took me out of it for like 30 seconds. Like I was like, Oh, okay. Recalibrate, recalibrate. Like it's stop looking at him as Joel. Uh, so that was weird, but I thought it was so cool that they gave him a character and they gave him, you know, a little bit of depth to play with. And I, I was proud of him. I thought he did a good job. He did. That's um, so funny that he like, hadn't really like acted like that before. Cause I thought he seemed very natural. I liked in his yeah, little interview he, that he was like, I thought they were just going to make me a clicker or something. <laughs> yeah, and it was super cute. There was like an Instagram post of Neil Druckmann. They watched, uh, Neil and Troy watched the episode together and they like took a picture of them hugging and stuff. They're just so sweet. Like their That's whole cute. dynamic, I love it. Um, so that made me happy. And then the other thing is I thought, um, one of the things I like about the scene where um, David says to Ellie, everything happens for a reason. I can prove it to you, you know? And then he tells that creepy story of like, I sent some people out for some food. And then I heard that a crazy man killed them. And that man was traveling with a little girl. Like that whole thing is verbatim the same from the game. And what I like about it is it highlights that every action in this world has a consequence. So you're, when you kill somebody, it might seem like it's just self-defense and you're just killing someone. But at the end of the day, that person has a family, has a group, and those people will likely come after you or, you know, uh, be angry with what you've done. And so it just proves that they're kind of setting the tone in this world. Like, you got to be careful what you do because everything can come back to bite you. And I thought they played that well and that thread worked throughout the episode really well. It was weird for me because I had the thought of when he was making that comment of everything happens for a reason and you killed one of our guys and now you're here. I can't believe clearly everyone's, you know, fighting for their life, but 
there's no empathy. Like you just had someone they care, someone they cared about just died out of self-defense. And then they're threatening to kill her person. Like, why would they not notice that she, that's the exact same. Like, why, why is there not peace? No, I actually even wrote that down as a note. I was like, well, excuse me. Like they attacked Joel and Ellie and I was, I was just like defensive of them. So I was like, I mean, I see it both ways. Like they're feeling like they need to uh, get retribution for somebody that they cared for that had a family. Like I actually like that. It made me stop and think about that because of what Fallon said, like everything is connected and, Like, of course it is. I think that's a very, like, a way to really ground it in reality and not just have random violence to have random violence. Yeah. And it's one of the cool elements of the game, too, because most video games, it's, again, like, good guy, bad guy. You shoot that guy. Nothing ever comes of it. You move on to the next section of the game. In The Last of Us, when you're playing, you like, when you kill someone, you're like, well, for all I know, that person's in a group that's going to come after me later and it's going to be a whole thing. And so the stakes are just higher and it makes the emotion of the game that much stronger because you just never know how things are connected. I think that's actually especially interesting in game form because of, like you said, most game, like a lot of games just have random violence and you're just like shooting people to shoot people. Yep. Whereas I think in a show, it's maybe a little bit more expected. Like I, I wasn't like, wow, that's so crazy. Like I'm really thinking about this versus, I mean, I was thinking about it in the sense of, oh, there are two sides to every story, but I wasn't like, oh, wow, I can't believe they that the guy I just killed has a family or the guy that they just killed has a family. Definitely very cool that they do that in the game. And I did still appreciate it. Actually, this brought me to a note that I wrote down that I haven't said yet. I am a little confused about Joel still. This is actually like a huge uh, conversation that I'm now starting at minute 47. But uh, like Joel killed those guys pretty violently and like with no remorse and like I don't really think they did anything bad. Like, what did they do to him besides, like, try to attack him? But also he was trying to attack them. And, like, he was just, like, ruthless. And I wrote down, okay, hello, Joel. <laughs> I was – but I I was like, are we, are we rooting for Joel because he's a good guy or are we rooting for him because he's the protagonist? And, again, that's sort of, like, the – that's – we've come back to that a lot in this show is that, like, you don't really know if people are good or bad. But I, like – very naively was just like, well, that's my good little Joel boy. And <laughs> now he, he killed them so violently. And I was like, well, not really, not really sure that that was okay. And that was the map tactic thing that we talked about two episodes ago, I think, um, yeah. when they bring it up with the, the sort of like comedic couple that they meet. And he says, like, you better say the same thing as your friend. And then I told you guys about that. And so I thought it was interesting that they did actually show the violence of it. And I was happy about that because up until this point, Ellie keeps looking like the violent one. And I'm like, no, it's Joel. And, and every once in a while, you see the history of Joel come out. Because all you do is hear about it so far. You've heard that he had this dark past with Tommy. You've heard that he's done some bad things with Tess. But you don't see any of it. Now you're going to start to see it. And it, it is probably going to shift your perspective a little bit. And instead of putting him in the hero category, probably drop him a little bit down somewhere in the middle of just being a human being in this world. So I thought all the, the violence with Joel this episode was really important. Yeah, it does seem like good character development. And not like out of left field based on what they've said before. So yeah, I think it is coming together nicely. I was just like, not my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Killing yeah. people. Okay. I want to talk about the last scene where 
Joel and Ellie see each other. And we briefly talked about this earlier, but I do not know if I've seen anyone act as well as Bella Ramsey in this show as acting. Like, blanket, period, (laughs) statement. Like, this was insane for her, this episode. And especially that moment. Like, rewatch it. If if this didn't strike you the way it struck me, then rewatch it so that it can. The moment where Joel looks at her and the camera is just showing her face and her eyes are, like, searching his and you see her go through the emotions of, like, distress and fear and then, like, calm because he's there. And it's insane that she's doing that with just her eyes. I was, like, screaming. Yeah. And crying. I was also crying. Because that was really emotional. These back-to-back episodes are... It's it's almost like her abilities are just stacking on top of each other because we talked about it last week where when she first finds out that her and Riley are infected and she does rage really well, I'm finding. Like when she hits that rage point, like it's that's super convincing. But then again, it goes back to I said this last week about the kiss scene with her and Riley, where at first she kisses her, then you see nervousness, like terror, excitement, happiness. You see 25 emotions in a period of like 20 seconds without her even saying words. So, and then it was the same thing in what you're describing, Jess, where like she's in that period of like rage, terror, cannot quite compute that it's Joel yet, then figures out it's Joel. I mean, yeah, it, she's, she's incredible. Like it's, it's blowing my mind how well she's doing. Yeah. The only thing, this is more of a testament <laughs> as you guys were describing this, uh, more testament to the character than Ellie than Bella Ramsey. But I also thought while I was watching that it was pretty brilliant of her to bite David and then yeah bring up that she was infected. When that happened, I, I realized I hadn't brought it up earlier, but I was like, wow, really quick thinking on your feet. I would not have been that presence of mind. But yeah, also all of the things you're saying about Bella Ramsey's acting, I hope that she gets recognized for it more than just by us. <laughs> Oh, she will. I feel very yeah. confident. I like I, everyone on the internet is well. I'm sure some people aren't, but everyone I've seen is pretty much in agreement that she is absolutely crushing this. I just, it's so fun to watch at this point. Yeah, her rage in this episode, incredible. Her in that last scene, also incredible. It's just, and she's so young to be this spectacular. I, I just think this will be like a historically brilliant performance. Also, she's British. I just feel like we just forget that sometimes. But yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the accent's really good. In the little, in the last like little interview, every time they interview her for those, mm-hmm. every time she speaks, I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm always like, <laughs> yeah. where did that, that come from? But mm-hmm. I do feel yeah. like British people generally can do it in English accent better than, uh, sorry, an American <laughs> accent better than Americans can do British accents. Like as a blanket rule, it seems like their acting schools teach them that. <laughs> Yeah. But that was the last thing I had on the episode. What about you guys? Yeah, that's. Um, I'm just curious if you guys have any thoughts on where this is going. Like, do you think you have an idea of how they'll wrap it up? Do you have any, like, are you just like no idea where they're taking us? I'm just curious because I know how I felt when I was getting to this point in the game. And I'm curious what people feel as we approach the end of the show. Yeah, I am nervous. That's why I asked you earlier what, like, what, <laughs> where it ends. Because I was like, well, we haven't met back up with the Fireflies. And I was under the assumption that this was going to end with like them 
with like Joel delivering her to the fireflies and them like making a cure or I guess, or, or just realizing that they couldn't make one, but like, I don't really see how all of that happens in just one episode. So now I'm like, where does this end? And I'm nervous. Yeah. I also, I, I guess I've flipped through the possibilities of, okay, they finally find the fireflies and yeah, like sort of just exactly what you were saying. Either they start to make a cure and that's sort of the, the, the cliffhanger is, does it work or, or whatever, but then probably more realistically because they've been dropping, I don't know if this is again, my paranoid (laughs) self, but they've been dropping all of these hints of like the first place they went to go get the fireflies it was, you know, a no go. They were just, they left chaos. And then the second time they went to go find the fireflies, same thing. Like something's up. Someone's, you know, systematically removing, is it Fedra? I don't know. It sort of feels like we're going to find out what's going on there before we actually get to any firefly plus Bella. I mean, Ellie, (laughs) you know, synthesis happening. So I have no idea, but those are, those are the thoughts that are currently in my head. I guess the question is, is the third time the charm? That seemed like good analysis. And again, something that Jenny would pick up on and I am just watching blankly. I, <laughs> you mean the- I haven't thought of that. Yeah, the fact that like- Has, any, has anything there. been spoiled for any of you guys yet? And if not, stay off no. TikTok. Stay off, like the I ending is great if you don't already. But okay, but stay <laughs> off of Last of Us TikTok, please. Because I don't want this ending to get spoiled for you. I really, really don't. It's yes, so much more fun this, if you don't know. So far, I haven't had plot stuff spoiled ahead of time unless I watch the episode a day late and then stuff gets spoiled. So today I like really stayed off the internet because I made that mistake good, last good. time. So I will – I think I will be okay because I don't really get like game people up in my like Twitter and TikTok. So like <laughs> okay, I good. don't think that they can ruin it for me. I've probably Some just jinxed it. somehow I have not seen anything like not only have I not been watching the things at the the interviews and things after the episodes but TikTok like YouTube any of it's just not on any of my it's not on my radar somehow (laughs) says the girl with like two hours of screen time per day all right (laughs) my head is in the sand yeah I'm glad because I'm very excited to talk about the ending with you guys and also just to be able to talk about like the season as a whole once you have the whole comprehensive story and so I'm just like I I know that you're on TikTok a lot Jess and so earlier today I was like oh god I really hope nothing has come across (laughs) that's gonna spoil this ending so not yet I will do my best to steer clear but I think that brings us to a good close and a good segue into reminding everybody to come back and find us for next week's episode when we talk about the finale Find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to Double Take. If you like what you heard, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review. See you next time. The Double Take podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen. 